0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: Feel real good, all right? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey.
1: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Mats. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. What's going on? W- <laughs> Hockey is despite being in the uh you know, we have a Western Conference representative. We uh, have a 2-2 Eastern Conference final. Hockey's basically at a standstill beyond that. Not a ton going on. Uh the Bruins fired their coach, which apparently um it's Bruce Cassidy's fault that the Bruins can't draft. I guess I, I don't know. Uh, but,
2: I can't believe Elaine Vingell yeah. would do that.
1: <laughs> it's it, it's really funny that uh, it's really funny that basically the Cassidy and Trotz firings are like a GM who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, going like your fault. Like I I find that hilarious. But you know we're in Philly with our own problems, and we're gonna talk about them, uh, including this coaching search that. Uh, is off to a hell of a start, it seems, uh, with, you know, they, they've had some interviews. All right, let's just get it going and lead things off with the nature enthusiast herself, Kelly Hinkle. Nature enthusiast? I, it was a... a I also show. got
3: really confused. I'm, I'm like, into wait, it. Which one of us it's, are you introducing? It's fine.
2: <laughs>
1: it was a pre-show, um, Joe. So, oh yeah, no, I get it.
3: Last, uh, last night was the first night with no hockey, and I literally didn't know what to do with myself and it made me realize that as always the summer fucking sucks and it's going to be so boring and i'm not going to like it at all so hopefully the rangers and the, the bolts go seven and then the finals go seven
1: and we just get the maximum amount of hockey possible kelly you just you just lost you just lost your spot on hockey twitter you called it the finals did i jesus Fuck. We're basically going to have to disband now. I was going to say, if
3: you guys wanted to fire me, I'd
1: understand.
0: <laughs> that has got to be the most insufferable bit. Of, and this is hockey Twitter, so they know insufferable discourse. But that oh, has yeah. got to be the most insufferable piece of discourse on hockey Twitter. The obsession with it being the final and not the final.
3: It's finest. the final.
0: Like, and who it's also, actually cares?
3: It's also like, just like... Because it's always just berating, like, new fans who haven't yet learned that you're an absolute chud if you say finals and not final. So then you just make people feel bad. And then no one likes hockey because we're all a bunch of dicks.
0: Wait, wait. Hockey what Twitter is, I'm trying to make people the... feel bad? I, I... What? Unprecedented. <laughs>
3: it's the inferiority complex
2: from yeah. the NBA because it's yeah. the NBA finals, yeah. but it's the NHL final. Yes. It's the only one. It's stupid. Who gives a shit? No one. Who Like, Truly.
0: I said finals come at me. Pedantic jerks. <laughs> I, of which there are quite a few of them on hockey Twitter.
1: From theathletics.com, Charlie O'Connor.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, there really isn't much going on in Flyers World at the moment. Um, that said, this Rangers uh, lighting series, I'm suddenly extremely interested in. Like, here's Same. the thing. Here's the thing. Like, a Lightning Avs final, final. Would be so cool. Like, it just would be. And I'm not saying, like, the Rangers can't win that series, because obviously they won the first two games, and they have the best goalie in hockey. But, like, man, if you... Like, when's the last time there was a series, a, fi- a final, a Stanley Cup final, that was that, like, probably the obvious two best
1: teams? You could never say it's hockey. the two best teams. Like, yeah, there's no stupid fucking... Happens. Yeah, like, no stupid seven seed in there for no reason. Like... The Rangers, I I do think, have, like, become a better team as these playoffs have moved on. Oh, I but agree in, with no, that, yeah. in no way is their roster comparable to the Avs and Lightning. Like, the Lightning are back-to-back champs. They have all this star power. Vasilevsky is a comparable goalie to Shesterkin. And in Colorado, like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, what... <laughs> What don't they have? Uh, you know, they don't have a superstar goalie. That's that's basically the only thing they're missing. I would love for these two teams to meet and actually be, like, okay, a showdown of the best two teams. Because uh, I will fully accept Tampa beating Colorado. If the Rangers get there, it's like, really? It's just, you're the devils. You're you're the fucking Brodeur devils. Like, that's yeah. what you are. But, like, I'm going back through,
0: like, going back through each year, and... I mean, you got to go back to maybe like like 2015, when it was the Blackhawks versus the Lightning. That was p- close. Like Bruins Canucks, maybe. Maybe Blackhawks Bruins, because the, the Black, it was like kind of the battle of like, you know, both teams that just won a cup. You know, it was like, okay, who's going to get their second cup? So like, there's been a couple, but not that many. Like, pretty much, you look, you go back through like, you had, like, the Blues, the Stars, the Canadians, the Golden Knights, the Preds. Like, I guess the Sharks-Penguins was decent, but, like, I hated that series because it was the Penguins in it, and they won. Um, it's just, it would be so cool to see, you know, probably the two best teams. Like, maybe you can make a case that Florida, but, like, they lost in a sweep to the Lightning, so obviously they weren't as good as the Lightning. Like, small sample sizes, yes, but when it's that dominant, like, and, and the Lightning didn't even have Braden Point. Like, yeah, the Lightning were probably the
1: better team. And, like, we have a, a how-many-year sample size of the Lightning. Like, yeah. Three, yeah. three years ago, they have the best regular season since the fucking superstar Red Wings. And then the last two years, they've won the Cup. Like, we can safely say they're one of the best teams regardless of what sort of regular season they had. Like, it doesn't... That shit don't matter when you win back-to-back cups. Exactly. Uh, so, I, I'm really, really hoping they pull this out. I thought the Rangers had it, uh, but not being able to get one of these last two, it's like, okay, you just, you just let the monster get back into the thing.
3: Yeah, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, but game three, once they let that one slip away, I was like, yeah.
1: uh-oh. I
3: think it's going to happen. And then game, when they won game four, I, I kind of feel like right now Tampa's going to take it, which is pretty wild. Because the first two games, the Rangers, like, dominated the fuck out of the, the Lightning, yeah. Especially game one, which makes sense because the Lightning
1: it, had been sitting for so long. But, yeah. Last, uh, last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver.
2: Hello! So I've been not paying attention to hockey because I've been bargaining for a Vox Media Union contract literally from the second I wake up until the second I fall asleep with Zoom still on my laptop in bed because we're going until 3 a.m. bargaining. Um, It's been excruciating because Vox Media is not moving on any of our demands. And when we're talking about demands, I mean giving us back the 1% match that they took away from us during COVID, we're asking them to give it back and they're saying no. We're asking for salary increases more than 1% of the minimum and they are saying no. Uh, we're asking for them to codify fertility benefits without needing a, an infertility diagnosis, which essentially means you have to have an opposite sex partner and you have to have been trying for at least a year before you were able to get any fertility benefits, and that's bullshit, and they are saying no. This contract expires on June 13th, which means our no-strike clause expires on June 13th. We are almost certainly going on strike, and what that means for Broad Street Hockey is that we're going on strike. We're, there will be no contact content coming out of Broad Street Hockey or the Broad Street Hockey podcast, or um, until we have a new contract. So if this is the last podcast of ours that you listen to for a week or two, do, do some uh, tweets at Bankoff, um, or write him some letters. Let him know, like, hey, it's, it's important that these people are paid fairly. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's... It's important. We're, we're in sports media. We have no job security. Like, it, there's every, you see every day people are getting laid off. All I'm trying to do is make sure that everyone is being treated fairly um, and the company can't continue to screw people over in ways that they have um, since way before the pandemic, but especially since the pandemic, calling our uh, – we gave up our raises calling it a shared sacrifice and then um Jim Bankoff and Pam Wasserstein went and bought new media properties without giving us the raises that we gave up for um our shared sacrifice so anyway that's a lot about not hockey but I wanted to give you the heads up if we're not here next week that's why yeah
0: and and to be clear I just want to like clarify something so um Steph is obviously a full-time employee of of Vox and SB Nation uh the three of us I mean I, I obviously write for The Athletic uh, Bill and Kelly are our contract uh employees that said um we obviously all stand with Steph and yeah. even though our um like the, the, the money that we receive for this podcast is really not affected by this negotiation. We stand 100% behind Steph and all the other full-time employees at Fox that are trying to get a fair contract from them, and we will not produce content either until they get a fair contract.
3: No scabs on this podcast, fam.
1: I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's a
2: really important point. My, Thanks, <laughs> Thanks my... Charlie. Yeah, I'm, I'm the one in the unit.
1: My allegiance will, as always, go to the highest bidder. Um, <laughs> no, Steph. Can we get this thing figured out so I can tell who the fuck is who on Twitter? Like, really, that's the crime here, is not? I you
2: know. <laughs> there's nothing that I want more. I all I want is to not like, look at every single tweet on my feed and see Fox Media Union contract now because it's everyone and I don't know who anyone is. I don't. You know,
1: I, I have a hard enough time paying attention as is. So if we could really get this thing figured out.
2: You know what's worse? In our company Slack, in the Vox Media Slack, we have all changed our pictures to Vox Media Contract Union now. And then our, our, our display names, every single one of the 350 people in the unit are contract now. No one knows who anybody is.
1: See, this is yet another reason to avoid Slack altogether. You know, it really <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an incredible employee, if you can't tell, gang. Uh, so today is June 9th, 6-9, and I'd like to wish a happy Bill and Ted Day to all who celebrate. Um, also, I, I, I this time last week, well, it was less than a week ago, last Friday, the, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, the baseball team in town, fired their manager, Joe Girardi. And since then, the Phillies have not lost. Uh, They're on a six-game winning streak, five in a row since they fired Girardi. And it really has me thinking, you know, they did that to save their season. Uh, They were falling deep into irrelevancy early, and they did something about it. And the team has responded. And it makes me remember, you know, it was early December when the Flyers axed Elaine Vigneault, and... Nothing happened after that. Their losing streak continued. The front office did nothing else to improve the team. And everything was just basically allowed to go to shit. I don't think we've made enough of a a, a thing about that. Like, when you fire your coach, there's supposed to be some sort of, like, emotional response. And everybody in the organization was just like, yeah, season's fucking over. Like, Grant, like... They're missing Sean Couturier when it happened. Ellis, who the hell knows? Kevin Hayes, who the hell knows? So there was a lot of... They there's actually a lot weren't of things. missing
0: Couturier. I think he was, he, was playing, he was
1: playing injured, but I don't believe he was done. I thought he, was, he had come out of the lineup by then, but you'd probably remember better than me. So he's playing, but playing like shit. Uh, yeah. That's believable. Uh, but that's Ellis... Ble- <laughs> yeah. No, I just mean like, okay, yeah, that could very well be the case. I don't remember. Uh, Couturier had not yet come out of the lineup, although it was probably blatantly obvious he should. Uh, Hayes, I don't remember. Ellis only played the you know a handful of games, and I just—it's crazy to me that nothing was done to potentially salvage the season, uh, like by anybody. Like I, I don't know. Like did at the time we didn't really think about it. We all kind of said the season's fucking over, but yeah. I don't know could yeah. they have done could they have done anything to to like maybe not be one of the worst teams in hockey when they fired their coach in december
3: i I mean the only guys that could have were the players on the ice like they would have needed to step up and you know play good hockey, and not a one of them did that, so you know that kind of hurts
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think it was it was two things really and one you alluded to Bill which is just that I just don't think this team had the horses at yeah. that point, you know, they just—it it was clearly not a good team. Um, then you, you have Sean Gattari playing it far less than his capability. You had Ryan Ellis not in the lineup. You had Kevin Hayes when he was playing was far less out. than his capability, yeah. and he was out of the lineup for quite a while as well. Um, I just don't think they had the horses. But also—and this is something that I, I've talked about with a few people, actually, in the Flyers organization about, and they generally speaking agree with me— is that something, something just broke— in this team, like not even this year, but last season, like yeah. in 2020, 2021, it just broke. And it seems like ever since then, they've been trying to figure out exactly what broke. But this is a broken team, and they have to kind of put it back together before any of this is going to get fixed. And I'm not talking necessarily about like roster restructuring, but like it's just like something broke in their psyche something broke in their approach to hockey and there was no way a broken team was going to respond well to a coach firing because they were just, um, they were done. You know, they, for whatever reason, they slipped back into all the bad habits they had prior to the one good season in 2019, 2020. And there was just no confidence on the part of the collective whole that they could consistently play good hockey. And that one bad thing wasn't going to turn into 10. And, and, it's it's one of those things where like if you knew why you would fix it and i don't think they know why but all you can see is that it obviously is broken
1: so like yeah why do they think they can fix it this off it's a really good question <laughs> great question I, I, you know and i really hope that they can because that's the plan uh, as we've said a million times like if this is the plan i hope it works uh like that's kind of what I wanted to get to with this question. Like, yeah, you know, I made the I made the Phillies comparison. Like, if Bryce Harper and Zach Wheeler were suddenly not uh, like available for the rest of the year, they'd be fucked. It, it, it wouldn't matter if they fired Joe Girardi or whatever. Like, your best players are gone. I understand, but to Charlie's point, it it, it was more than that with these flyers. Like, why do they think? Like, in losing Claude Giroux, I guess you could have some sort of true culture change now that the guy who's been here for not like blaming G, obviously, we all love G, but just now that that one link to everything is gone, you can have turnover in other parts of your organization uh, and mental turnover here. Like, it's not, it's just not doing the same thing again because that piece is different. But, like, listening to that explanation there's almost no way that they're like, uh, yeah, I guess they could get back to playoff contention, right? They could be in the second wild card, but beyond that, what, what could they possibly do?
3: It doesn't Uh, seem likely that they can do
1: any of this. Like it's a 16 conference or an 18 conference. Like the eight playoff teams were the only teams close to the playoffs. So if you get, you know, if, if you're the ninth team, I guess you could get back into contention. But, like, I, why do they think that's possible?
3: And then you factor in that, like, other teams in the division have more flexibility for improvement this summer. Like, I know we joke about the Devils all the time because they keep winning the offseason and then sucking. But, like, <laughs> they have flexibility cap wise that could let them improve the team even further eventually they're going to keep winning enough off seasons that they're going to
1: be actually good and then what the season yeah the season they just had like what the flyers said last off season oh well if we just get average goaltending like no if the devils actually get just average goaltending they will be that ninth team at least in contention for the playoffs
3: without question
1: which is a problem. And now that's just one
3: like- one more team that's going to leapfrog the Flyers in the division. That's like, is it cool. a problem though, or is <laughs> it actually I mean, a listen. good thing? Here's the thing, though, because like Bill has said a thousand times, like we have to hope that they're going to be good because that's what they're going to try to do. And the problem is, if they try to be good and they fail at it, what is the likelihood that they fail enough to make next year worth it? Or are they Whoa. just going to exactly they're just it,
0: it worked out this year
3: i don't i don't, I've, but i like we just said i kind of feel like they stopped trying anything in december like they just gave up
0: yeah but the so, offseason they certainly tried and they made that, things yeah, worse
3: that's true I, I mean i i guess i i have a lot of faith in bob clark and paul holmgren to fuck up this entire offseason so you know it could
0: happen i mean it just seems like I I hate going back to this because there is an element of like conspiracy theory here, but it does legitimately really seem like they're they're listening more to the old heads than they even did like going back to last off season. And if they're listening more to the old heads, they're gonna have a really really bad off season.
2: Every like a really bad <laughs> time. Do you guys? I know I know that everybody here remembers the Holmgren era. I know this. And I know that everybody listening remembers at least some parts of the Holmgren era. Do you remember how that ended?
0: It started in out absolute, great. I mean, it I did to, start out to, great. to, cr- to credit great. Holmgren. He had yeah. a really, really good
1: first half of his tenure. Yeah. He was it great did. until he was like, Luke Shen. That's what, that's the missing piece. Like until no, he, listen. until he refused to recognize that the team was dead, which in fairness to like this whole argument, that's where they are again. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> like. Right. But let's let's explore the latter part of Paul Holmgren's tenure with the Flyers, because it was it, it was the Hindenburg. I would like to say that it, it lit oh, it was a blaze. It wasn't and great. Then just just nosedived into the ground. And I don't know if you guys remember saying this, but I sure do. We were saying that the team was never going to get better until Ed Snyder was no longer in charge because he was pulling the strings behind the scenes. Let's look at the aforementioned Luke Shen. Let's look at Briz Galov.
0: The, Br- the Briz thing was definitely all Ed. That was 100%, <laughs> that was 100%, 100% Ed.
3: Just him, yeah.
2: Right, so let's, let's look at this disaster and, and start pointing fingers, not at the old men, but the people that are allowing it to happen because that's the problem. If you are too impotent to actually do your job because someone is saying, someone who may not even be in a position of leadership is saying, no, this is not in the best interest of the team culture, tell them to get fucked. Tell them to get fucked.
3: Oh, well, Chuck's not going to do that. So, yeah. you know. Well,
2: that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. Cuck he can get baby. it up to tell Bobby Clark to get fucked. Wow. I, wow, I
0: just... we went there. Damn.
2: Listen. Am I wrong? Well, I didn't know.
0: I mean, you, you went with the impotent, like, comparison, and then you really went all in on it.
2: I leaned in. I leaned in because some things just need to be said.
1: I just have very, like, given – if Sean Couturier is some semblance of himself – And I think he and, they, and Exactly. And they go out and get at least one of the high-end players that they're potentially targeting – I don't, I, I don't see a path to Connor Bedard. I see a path to yeah. like 88 points, but I don't see a path to 60. And I, I just.
0: I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, here's the thing Look, Couturier will help, he's a really good player. But to me, the whole thing hinges on Ellis. And I have, you know, not close, even close to 100% confidence that Ryan Ellis is A, going to play, B, if he plays is going to be good. Because the truth of the matter is, is that we saw what this defense is without Ryan Ellis. And it's real bad. It's real real bad. bad. And that was with Travis Sandheim playing, like, one of his best seasons. Like, imagine if he's just fine. Like, Rastor Ristolainen is still going to be yeah. Ivan, Risto I Ristolainen. Has... Ivan Provorov can't be very good if he's not with a good partner, and if Ryan Ellis isn't there, how are they going to get that partner? Like, maybe Cam York improves them because he's better than, than Keith Yandel. Sure, not a high bar. <laughs> but, like, this <laughs> defense will be real, real bad. And as we saw at the end of the Holmgren year and the beginning of the Hextallier, year, when you have a real bad defense, you're going to be real bad because you can't get the puck out of the zone ever. If you pizza, I'm, I'm, look, you I'm I'm, the I'm, fry, very of I'm very <laughs> pessimistic about next season. I'm um, very pessimistic about next season. Are you I, sure? <laughs> yeah, like I just don't, I don't see it. And and maybe if they make some good moves this summer, I'll change my tune. But I just, I look at this roster, and I don't, I see a roster with far too many question marks and far too many things that have to break their way in order for them to yeah. be. Not, I mean, and I'm not, look. I don't think they're going to get Connor Bedard either. But like. I don't think they're a playoff team, and I don't think they'll be particularly close to being a playoff team.
3: I mean, it would be nice. I mean, getting... The thing with the Connor Bedard thing is, like, it not only requires being bad, it also requires being extremely lucky and having the fucking balls bounce your way, literally. So that, you know, whatever. But, you know, having a top-five pick next year would also be very, very good, because outside of Bedard, there are also a lot of other really good players in that draft. So even a repeat of this year's draft result would be good but if if they try too hard i, I just fear that we're going to be picking like 15th and it's yeah. nothing's going to change
0: but again like see this is this is the the argument i always have against that is that you got your guys biggest fear is that they're going to try too hard and they're going to get better and i guess my thing is that I feel like that is showing far too much faith in the people making the decisions that them trying to get better will actually make them better.
3: Okay. I mean, I, that you know, we, we, history would suggest you're we correct. We saw what so. happened
0: when they tried to make the team better last summer.
1: I, but and, I do believe, while I am so, so mad at what I watched this, this past season, true talent-wise, they were better than they played. And with a coach, a competent head coach, which I assume they're going to hire somebody with a pulse. Hmm. Uh,
0: That'd be cool.
1: Yeah, a a living, breathing head coach. (laughs) I think they will, like, when I say compete, like every playoff team in the East had 100 points. So if this team has 88, like, no, they're not actually close to the playoffs, but also they're not in contention for high-end talent in the draft. And so, you know, yeah. I'm like,
3: I feel like we've been saying for a long time, true talent-wise, this team isn't this bad. But, like, how many years do they have to be this bad before maybe
0: that is well, true Well, in, in fairness, they weren't, like, I, I know we, we look back on the 2020-21 season as, like, a disaster, and it was to some degree. But, like, they weren't awful. I mean, yeah, they were just me. This, this is the first year that they were really, truly awful.
1: Prior yeah. to the COVID outbreak and Carter Hart just forgetting which way he was supposed to face in the net, like <laughs> they weren't terrible. And then everything fell apart. And this year, when the you know the roster was only together for like the first five games, but they won some of those games. <laughs> they were like four, one and one or whatever to start, and then, you know, the shit hit the fan and everything went to hell. and they were uh, I, I just I don't think they're going to Charlie, I would love. As much as I don't want to watch bad hockey again, if my choice is be bad with the potential of getting better or just straight mediocre again, sure, let them be bad. I'm just... I'm not hopeful that they're competent enough to accomplish being good or bad, and they're just going to be mediocre. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: It just feels like like the likely result, because if they're going to aim high, they're going to end up just mediocre. So, like... No, no, not great. Uh,
1: you know. Well, that is all the time we have.
3: <laughs>
1: Hope you,
2: Philadelphia f- Flyers. Sigh, <laughs> not great. <Yeah. gasps>
1: uh did anyone watch hustle on netflix it's really funny no Uh, is it
3: good i haven't watched it yet it's
1: surprisingly good because even in i i talked about this on my overnight show last night even in this fictitious adam sandler being a scout slash coach for the 76ers it's a movie about the sixers incompetent front office which is fucking hilarious Honestly, some things
0: never change.
1: Yeah, like even in this in this world where Adam Sandler is, you know, one of the best scouts in the NBA, some things are still true. uh And that's you know, the Flyers—they're just going to be mediocre no matter. God, it what. would be that's... like it would be so great to
0: to root for <laughs> sports teams that were run well. Just
1: didn't piss me the fuck
0: off. Like God, w- what this city, man? This freaking uh, city. It's, it's listen, like like we're we're back at the words. point where like like Howie roseman of the eagles is like like the best gm by far there's not a second yeah but like the thing is is like yeah he built the super bowl team but he's also for a long for a long time was a real bad drafter and Uh, built some pretty crappy teams charlie he's i think he's a good gm but like he's
1: the gold standard he's the gold standard he fixed the drafting problem with one simple step. Take players from the best teams in college. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, wow, they took a bunch of Bama and Georgia guys, and suddenly they know how to draft. It is kind of so, funny how,
0: like, like the, the drafting bar was so low that basically <laughs> what Howie changed to was, pick the guys the fans want. And that's actually made them better. And like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Collective fan brain is not good at picking players in drafts, but collective fan brain was better than what the Eagles had been doing. So like, sure. It's an upgrade.
1: I don't even watch college football. Uh, So uh, let's do the break. And then let's talk about the coaching search. Let's just do it now and get it over with. Uh, So you're listening to Broad Street Hockey Radio, blah, blah, blah. uh, Buy whatever we're selling. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends
0: 4-3-2023. Void or prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: <laughs> right, fam, we are back. Did you like that? Did you like that lead into the to the break, guys? Was that, was that really good? I liked it. it? You could tell. Yeah, you a, can
2: tell that you've been doing a lot of sports radio because you're like, and this is Broad Street Hockey Radio. Yeah. You're <laughs> listening to Bill Matz. We'll be back
1: on the tens and twos. We'll be back with weather on the other side. Bill I Bond, really so, want Bill, I Bill. really
3: need Bill to develop a morning zoo radio voice. <laughs> So, funny Please story
0: about, about your, your show, Bill. So, I was on Bill's uh, overnight shift, what was it, like, last Thursday last, or something? Last
1: Thursday or Friday.
0: Yeah, something like that. Well, I went to a family party on Saturday, and my uncle, who is, like, in his 60s, was
1: like, I heard you on the radio this, this week. I'm like, <laughs> why were you up amazing. at 2.30? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's, incredible. Whenever anyone tells me they heard me, I'm like, but why? But why? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's sleeping time. I oh, yeah. want to be asleep at that time. Like, I want it to be asleep. Can I you, just don't can go you, a favor.
3: Can you do like a short instructional how to listen to podcasts for all the six-year-olds that are listening to you on overnight <laughs> so they can come discover
1: our show? <laughs> oh, that's um, – as we sit here and talk shit on Ed Snyder and Bobby Clark. Now, <laughs> so, so I listened to 20 minutes of your first episode. Okay.
3: oh yeah okay fair (laughs)
0: anyway but let's let's move on to the uh, the coaching search which is the coaching search basically like nothing is happening aside from the flyers are interviewing everyone
1: yeah which is great you need a lot of points of view and this team could definitely like if they just write one note from each candidate if they ask each candidate like what do you think the problem is and like write that down that can only improve the team. Honestly, uh, what, but- what I'm
0: envisioning is the part in the uh, in you. the water. No, what I'm envisioning is the part in the Water Boy when they get blown out in the first half of the bowl game, and uh, and and uh, the coach is just like, like, "Does anybody have an idea?" Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's what their interviews are like. Absolutely, I'm picturing that now as well. Uh, that's that's outstanding. Uh, I just, when I'm thinking about this Flyers coaching search, how cool would it be to have the tr- power of Barry Trotz? Like basically the whole league is at a standstill right? until he makes a call. Like everybody, even the teams that aren't actually in the running for Barry Trotz are like, well, we have about a 2% chance. So let's, let's wait this out. See what he does. Why hire somebody if he's still out there? Uh, I would love to have that Barry Trotz power where even John Tortorella is like, yeah, I ain't getting a job till he signs. Like, it's it's very interesting what's happening right now in this in this coaching market. But do we think are we still uh? do we still believe it's not going to be Trotz is let, let's just do the Trotz update first. Your confidence level that the Flyer is higher, Barry Trotz, mine is low. Yeah, Everyone's Everyone's yeah, kinda low. Very last low. Week. Yeah. Very low. Bear
2: thinks it's gonna happen. Did you hear him?
1: Well, good for Bear.
0: I love the optimism.
2: Also you know, sometimes you just need a puppy to tell you Barry Trotz is gonna be the next coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Sarah Bear, Molly
3: did.
0: Barry Trotz. Barry,
3: get it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thanks, there Charlie. it is. <laughs> uh sarah volley did a series of tweets today with like some coaching updates and one assumes that he's still like relatively plugged into the flyers considering he started here i would imagine and he made no reference to
0: barry trotz yeah, but he interv- was giving a flyer i know the they interviewed inter- barry trotz weeks ago
3: no, no no but i'm saying that he he made a point to say if the flyers have a second round tortorella is definitely getting in on the second round but like he didn't say Barry Trotts is getting in on the second round. Is that because Barry Trotz doesn't fucking do a second round of interviews? Like you're either going to hire me or you're not. It'll be Trotz. I my guess. Yeah.
2: My guess is that the information that they're getting from the flyers is coming from the crusty old people in charge that are trying to swing the public.
3: Well, I know. In I know one some people's. Other sources are only the crusty old dudes but sarah volley i feel like could possibly have insight into the team that those other people don't just because he's not an asshole that everybody hates i don't think um so i don't know i get the impression i'll speculate i don't know anything
1: <laughs> barry Trots doesn't um he's not a candidate he either takes the job right, or yes. they like, right. there will be no second interview. His second interview is him showing up at Voorhees and being like, I'll hey, work guys. here. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the I, second I mean, interview.
0: I, I'm sure that they will tell, they will say to Barry Trotz, like, hey, we're doing our second round. You're welcome to be included. Like, we'd love to, you know, we'd love to bring you back in. But like, I, I am with you, Bill, in that Trotz is one of those guys where like, he really, you don't really need a second interview. Like, yeah. if you need a second interview to be further convinced that Barry Trotz is a good coach, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's a good coach.
3: Do you think the the Cassidy thing kind of changes thing? Like, I've, obviously, you know, last week, everyone was waiting for Barry Trotts to make a choice, and then all of the other coaches would get hired. I wonder, like, the reason we're waiting for Trotz is because Trotz literally said, I'm not going to decide anytime soon. I'm going to, like, go to the cottage and hang out with my family. But... I wonder if Cassidy decides quickly where he wants to go because he's also an incredibly good coach. Yes. I yes. wonder if I, that will change the dynamic a little in, bit.
0: In short, yeah, I think it could. I could see Cassidy getting higher quickly. Um,
3: I mean, someone's going to snatch him up very quickly. Yeah,
0: so I, I, I could see he's the kind of coach that you don't necessarily wait for Barry Trotz for, especially if you think he's a good fit. Like right. if you're Winnipeg, and you're thinking that Trotz isn't going to not going to come back home for reasons. And you talk to Cassidy, and you really like his vision. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you grabbing Cassidy because you don't feel like this being dragged out until early July with with Trotz. Um, would
3: anyone? I kind of would rather have Cassidy than Trotz. Am I crazy?
0: Cassidy's a really good coach. I, I mean, the the thing with Cassidy is that like there are some concerns about his ability to develop young players. That said, the the counter argument I hear is that, like, Boston's young players just aren't that good. Yeah,
3: what young players? Yeah, they botched the dr- that draft,
0: yeah. so they don't really have any. That, like, the front office thinks that that Cassidy <laughs> might not be the best at developing young players, but the front office might just be overrating the young players that they picked.
1: Something tells me that's the case.
0: Because, uh... like, it's not as if he's not, like, he plays Charlie McAvoy, like, 25 minutes a night. He's yeah. young. Didn't <laughs> seem to have a problem with that.
1: That's I compared the the Cassidy firing to the Trotz firing. Like, it's a GM who's fucking up and going like, "You're the problem." And yeah. it's Like, wh- 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 is he? Like, look at what, look at how the Bruins responded this year. Like, the Bruins are almost top three in the hardest division in the toughest division in hockey. And like, yeah, you know, playoffs didn't go necessarily as well as they'd hoped, but like, they were never going to. They ended up finishing ahead of. Uh, ahead of Washington, and they had a shit start to the season. Now, again, there were only eight contending teams, so, like, all you had to do was be one of those eight. There was no ninth team. Uh, But I, I just—I think I'm with you. I-, I think I would prefer Cassidy to Trotz just— uh, and Trotz is an awesome coach. I, I don't want to, like— it's, it just seems, after a certain amount of time— like a coach is only going to have so much success in his fifth stop. You know, like I just feel like there's maybe more tread on the tire with Cassidy. Is that crazy?
3: No. <laughs> also, I I wonder like okay, so going back to Charlie saying that the defense is going to be ass next season, which it certainly could. Do we like obviously Barry coaches Barry coach. Barry Trotz is a good coach, obviously, like I'm not saying that he's not. But I wonder like, can he take a team with shitty defensive players and play his defensive style of hockey in a way that makes sense? Or is he going to be the kind of coach that, like, you know, kind of bucks the system that he's played for a long time and do something different in Philly because they have dick defense and maybe we need to do something else in order to be successful? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I have to say that I think that some of the, like, well, actually, I'd rather have Cassidy over Trotz. Is being driven by the fact that we've all agreed that we're probably not going to get trots. So it's yeah. like, not fair well, enough. I don't even like him. He's not even that anyway. good.
1: No, it's and like I, I guess that's, that's overstating it. Like if you can get Barry Trots, you're awesome. not breaking up
0: with me. I'm breaking up with you.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just like looking at Cassidy's <laughs> looking at Cassidy's record in Boston. Like he had a six fifty or better points percentage every single season in Boston. Like. I realize awesome roster. Uh, they've been contenders for like a decade, basically. Um, I just maybe there's just more like who wins multiple cups like with different teams. Very very few coaches, you know. Like there's always that that little like well he 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 has his. It's not and like I don't think it's oh Barry Trots is just gonna be here to collect the paycheck. Like he wants to be thought of as one of the best coaches ever. He wants to win. It's just. Coaches rarely win in multiple locations. Like, it's not a thing that happens all that often. Cassidy still doesn't have his ring. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would, like, I really That's, wouldn't even have a problem. And, and, and,
0: and, I, and I know they're not going to do it because they want to hire a, a name coach. They want to catch the attention of the fan base, which is rightfully very angry. But, like, you know, I am more and more growing to just be, would be fine if they tried to instead of hiring, a big name retread would be like trying to find the next Bruce Cassidy. I mean, Bruce Cassidy was the assistant to Claude Julien. They, you know, or he was either the assistant or he was the AHL coach, but like then he turned out to be a really good coach, John Cooper. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the right move, even if they're not going to do it, but maybe that's the right move is to, to just try to find like the next really good coach rather than hiring the last really good coach.
3: So I think it was... I think it was the Merrick show and not the 32 Thoughts pod that I heard him say that uh, Randy Carlisle wants to be interviewed, I think, by Winnipeg, and I almost had a stroke in the car. Because He's if back. the Flyers end up, like, inter- if they even interview Randy Carlyle, I'm going to die. I do
0: think that right after, um, right after the season, I think Murat from our site, um, he wrote an article saying that Carlyle could potentially like be a fit in oh Winnipeg God. because I think he's got, I think he may have like connections with shovel day off or something. Like I think they've, they looked at him in the past. So I oh don't God, get yeah. the sense that Carlisle is like an option in Philly, but you know what? Like he
3: want a cup Charles,
0: who knows he want a cup, <laughs> you know, he won a cup coaching those, uh, those Anaheim teams that play flyers hockey. So maybe the, the old guys are going to love that.
1: Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, all you need, all you need is Pronger and Niedermeyer on defense. A uh, Getzlaff and Perry on entry-level contracts. Yeah, Getzlaff and Perry in their teenage years leading the team in points in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, a, a goalie who'd previously won a Conn Smythe. Like, those are the only things you need to win a cup, I guess. Like, that's, that's very simple to do, I suppose. Um, Of these other candidates that are down, like... I'd be interested in a Luke Richardson. Like, not just, you know, obviously former Flyer. He played here. uh, Yeah. I I would love to find the next guy who could maybe see his way through what I don't think is going to be a successful retool. But also, to Charlie's point about, like, finding the next great coach rather than hiring the last one, this next coach is on, like, what's he actually going to be here for? it ain't going to be an eight-year tenure. You know, this is nah. going to be a two- yeah. or three-year, like, this plan is going to blow up because even if they have success right away, like, best-case scenario, this is an Elaine Vigneault hire, and they have a good first season. Um, the success will not last because this is not a team built to, like, be, have, su- have sustained success. So as much as I would like to find that next great coach, He's going to get blamed when this thing blows up. So why not just like, I kind of want to go with a retread just to get it out of the way.
2: I'm so sick of the coaching carousel. I'm just, I'm sick of it.
0: Well, that's what happens. We have a bad hockey team. Mm-hmm.
1: It's very
2: true. But now I'm thinking just across the league, across the league are long-tenured coaches, a thing of the past. Yes. Like, who's yeah. The- Who's the longest tenured coach right now?
1: Like, Cooper and Sullivan are the only guys with any staying power, and they're, like, mm-hmm. the best coaches in the league. Yeah. Fucking Barry Trotz yeah. just got fired. Like
2: Barry Trotz? I thought Bruce Cassidy would be in Boston for much longer. Bruce. so did he, apparently. So did he, apparently. Yeah, so heard, did he,
1: apparently.
0: yeah right.
2: Did, did we, um... I, I've, I've been in and out. I apologize. But he held a Ron Hextall-style press conference after he got fired. Did we did we note that over zoom? He spoke to reporters for an hour after he got fired. Well I
0: saw I saw Joe McDonald tweet it that basically the uh, the flyer not the flyers the the Bruins set up this media availability post firing which is very much oh, they which did? is very yes. much not okay. what Ron Hextall
1: did. Ron Hextall That is not okay. Ron that was my did bad. It on his I, I
2: I saw Hextall had I an availability saw availability he a just T-Zi had Friday's
1: one. bar basically.
2: Amazing. Amazing. All right, so it still wasn't Ron Hextall level, which is, it just makes Ron Hextall that much more hilarious. But I was, I was thinking, I, I was actually listening to Flyperbole, is what I was doing, um, and they were talking about Babcock and how, you know, he was the coach in Detroit for
1: ever, And that just doesn't happen anymore. And, like, that's Detroit. They're just a different, orga- like, they're a different organization. Yeah. They're just one of those, they, they're they like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, they just have that that level of loyalty and the expectation of excellence. Sure, like, that's gone by the wayside the last few years. Something tells me they'll be back there soon. Um, did anyone see the possibility, the reports of uh, Goudreau signing with the Devils or Penguins?
3: I did see that
1: I rumor kicking
3: around. Fucking lose
1: it. I, uh... Absolutely lose my mind if he goes to Hextall or he goes to the Devils. I will not be able to deal with such a thing. <laughs> I would... I'm laughing just thinking about it, like, how
0: much I'm gonna turn into the Joker if that happens. <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, it's, It look, would the, be hilarious. The
0: Devils, I don't think he'd go to the Penguins just because, like, the, uh, the whole Penguins idea is basically like, well, they don't sign Letang and Malkin. It's like, but, but, but like, come
1: on really Who really? Kno- like ronnie has no has he's got I no really think ron hextall is cart. gonna be that
0: spicy come on <laughs> come on let's be realistic okay. the devils though the devils make sense to me um just because like he, it would be close to home like it wouldn't be south or philly but it, it would be pretty close to home and the devils have calf space and the devils are in a better spot than the flyers are from a talent standpoint newark yeah. is like two hours away yeah it's like a train like- ride that's not big of a big deal.
3: Yeah, and they are in a much better spot Jesus than the Flyers. If they get Johnny Gaudreau and a, a competent goaltender,
1: like it's gonna be real annoying.
3: <sighs> it's gonna How be are real, real annoying. Are there,
1: are there any other coaching candidates we want to discuss?
3: I need Dave Quinn to fuck right off out here. Like I'm not at all interested in Quinn. Not even a little bit. Yeah, Most
0: I, I just, I mean, Quinn's a whatever. Like, I know there's some people that really hate him. I think he's a whatever candidate. Like,
3: Someone <laughs> recently tweeted an old press conference of his complaining about the kid line being his third line. Like, how the fuck am I actually supposed to win with this as my third line? And it's like, bro. In fairness, um, they, they've,
0: been, they've been real good in the playoffs, but they weren't real good for a while. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like with Ray... I think Rangers fans, and I know this maybe didn't age super well because of the way the Vino tenure tenure ended, but, like, I think that Rangers fans, like, particularly the ones on social media, are, like, make it seem like their coaches are the dumbest human beings known to man, and they're really not that bad. But it colors everybody else's opinion of their coaches because they never stop complaining about them, literally, ever.
3: It's just, like... Like what did he do there? Like, wh- like what? I don't think he's his... a great
0: coach. I just don't think he's like like. He, I don't put him on like the Randy Carlyle level. He's like Holy I don't. God. I don't think the Flyers should hire him because I think he's just a guy. Randy Carlyle couldn't operate a toaster, Charlie. It's a very <laughs> low bar to. Clear. But I, I don't think David Quinn is like the like. I don't think he would be a total disaster. I just don't think he's like a special coach. It like, rather frustrates than, Like than trying to get a special coach.
3: Yeah, in the sense that. If we're doing a thing where we're going to try to be a playoff team next year, like, why are you even considering a Dave Quinn? Like, you shouldn't even be considering it. And, like, I don't know if they want to do like an optics thing of like making sure they're doing their due diligence and like, but like, and it could, like, and. Quinn, it's like, why would we even fuck with these guys? Because they're interviewing
0: everyone. Yeah, They've interviewed so many people. They're just interviewing everybody. Like, I guess Chuck wasn't lying when he said this is going to be a very thorough search. It's going to take a while. Well, he didn't lie to us. It's a very thorough search.
1: We know know everybody in the sport. They're all pals. Like, they're going to... They don't want to leave somebody off the list so anyone could go, oh my God, the Flyers didn't even interview this guy. He must suck. Like nobody, they're not going to let that happen. Like they're going uh, to, I think there is a 0% chance they don't hire somebody who's like, Borderline going to the Hall of Fame, you know. <laughs> they are. I mean, going it's, Tortor- to- it's Tortorella. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. That's,
3: I agree. Holmgren and Clark want Tortorella. It's going to be Tortorella. They're going to wait for Trots to sign, and then they're going to announce it. I've said Tortorella I have, all along. I
2: happening. have a gut feeling that it's going to be like it's going to be a big name. Like it's yeah. not just going to be some rando. I I feel like they're they want. A big name, whether that's Tortorella, whether that's Trotz, whether that's Cassidy, whether that's (laughs) Tockett, which would be really, really funny. But those are those are the names. And I think that they're going to make it a really big deal. And I think that they want the coach that's going to help them turn the corner. The problem is they don't have the
3: players. They also want to be able to say, see what we're doing? Buy tickets. Yeah. And that you can't do that with, you know, some that's, assistant coach from the
1: Penguins. Like, that's not going to do it. And that's always been part of my handicap of this situation. Like, a commercial with an up-close shot of Tortorella screaming is exactly what a percentage of this fan base is looking for. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I just think it's going to be him. Just to put a bow on this, do you think Bruce Cassidy is a legitimate candidate do you think like in a couple of weeks we're gonna have bruce like bruce cassidy will be saying alongside tortorella like next week are we gonna be saying it's him and tortorella
0: i don't think so i, th- I think cassidy falls into the same bucket as he's probably too good of a coaching hire to want to join the flyers over all the other teams that are going to offer him the coaching job
1: okay yeah yeah like fair point with the vegas job out there there's always like well, Cassidy, Cassidy
0: to me makes a lot of sense for Vegas. Big time. Cassidy makes in my mind makes even more sense to me than Trotz for Vegas because Trot's like, I just I, I like I like that fit with Cassidy because he knows how to play that possession game that Vegas are you know like that's the way Boston played and that's the way Vegas likes to play. That just we have the puck at all times, but they're a bit like. More tenacious defensively than Vegas had been under DeBoer. I like that fit a lot. I think Cassidy makes a lot of sense in in Vegas.
1: Uh, just one last: Do we think Trotz decides? Charlie hinted earlier at early July. Do we think it's pre or post candidate day?
0: No, I think it'll happen this month. I I, I think okay. I was just saying that as like an exaggeration yeah, yeah, for yeah. dramatic purposes. No, I think, I think this I think this all comes together this month just because like. I mean, the draft is on the 7th of July. Like, I just can't imagine it's going to be, like, the week of the draft when all these coaching hires happen. Like, these the teams want to know who their coach is before they plan out the entirety of their offseason. We're in the third round of the playoffs. Like, I, I don't <laughs> know how much longer everybody can really wait.
3: Yeah, they got to they get this going at some point
1: soon. So our very own Charlie O'Connor, Has been doing player, uh, player, excuse me, player reviews over on theathletic.com. I have. Uh, He's let, he's let off his series with TK, Provorov, JVR, and Limblom. Uh, I think I see what you're going for there, (laughs) Chuck. Hey, I do this over the course of the entire summer. So if there are
0: players who I think very well could not be, may not be here by the end of the summer. I'm going to do them first so I get the reviews done while they're still on the team like I did last year with Nolan Patrick.
1: (laughs) So, Hey, that guy. (laughs) That guy. (laughs) He's still in the lead. Uh, Just barely. Uh, So, leading off, I guess, with TK from an assessment standpoint, I think he had, I mean, low bar here. One of the better seasons amongst all Flyers. It certainly could have been a lot better. We expect more from Travis Connectney, especially from a goal scoring standpoint. But in the second half of the season, it would be tough to identify a more productive flyer until you get to like the last two weeks when JVR was just filling up the back of the net uh, for funsies. Um, do you. Charlie alluded to like he wants to get to these guys because, one, I mean, they're going to generate the most clicks because they have the most. Uh, they have the most like, controversial standing on the team. I think people have the widest variety of opinions. Like, oh, yeah. me saying, me saying, I think TK had one of the best seasons on this team. It's like, TK fucking sucked this year is, like, 50% of the fan base. Uh, do we expect Travis Konechny, like, okay, he could be traded. Do we expect him to be a Philadelphia Flyer on the first day of the season?
0: I would put it over 50% that he's on. I don't think the Flyers want to trade him. I think that, um, you know, I heard some things at the end of the season that basically the Flyers would prefer um, to keep uh, both Travis Konechny and Travis Sanheim. Obviously, both those guys will come up in conversation because they're valuable. They're in their prime. They're the kinds of players that, if you're talking trade, they're the kind of guys that teams want. So, of course, they're going to come up. But I I think one thing that I, I do think was a little revealing um, about Konechny in particular was that after, and, and this, by, by revealing, I mean that it, it shows that the Flyers do value him. After they traded Giroux, Yo basically said that like he had conversations with Konechny and Faraby about stepping up into more of a leadership role. And to me, that speaks to a belief that both of those guys are ideally part of the long-term future of this team. Because, like, you have a conversation with with guys about stepping up into more of a leadership role if you think they're going to be around for five, six, seven, eight more years. And they could be the next leadership core of this team. And it's not a conversation you have with somebody who you're pushing out the door. So I don't think they are. Basically, what I've heard about Konechny is that they like him. They think he has... he can. They think he can get back to where he was that big year in 2019, 2020. They will only trade him if it's in a deal for a guy who is measurably better than he is. Like, it would be like, we'll trade him if we can get that, the high-end talent that we really need. But I don't think they'll trade. I could, I'd be shocked if they moved him in, like, a deal for, like, a pick or something. Yeah. Um, like, things like that. Like, he could be in, like, a trade where you're trying to get better now. But I don't think he would be traded for futures. I think they value him too highly for them to want to do that
1: they need to make moves in order to create cap flexibility. It's not going to be him in one of those moves. Exactly. Exactly. They, they a-
0: truly value him as a player and, and they like him as a person. He's the kind of guy that I think like, if you're moving him, you're moving it. Like I, there's, there's a, a, a world where I could envision like him being part of like the machinations to get Goudreau. Um, but like, I don't think they would move him, you know, just for like a prospect and some picks. Yeah. Like they wouldn't move him in like a a brain Shen trade.
1: The, um, the idea that he can be first line productive to me is, um, fucking insane at this point to, to expect that from him. Uh, he is an, a really good second line player. Uh, a guy you definitely need, uh, but to depend on him, I, I def he should be one of the, the the core leaders on this team. I think one of the big problems with this organization is that TK and Provorov are not those guys. Like they they're still like in that locker room, kind of the kids, and it's like no, that's that's over. You guys are in your prime right now, uh, but. The idea that you could be depending on him to be a point a game player or something, I think is fucking stupid. Uh he needs to be on a really good Kevin Hayes line. Like that's his that's what he's ultimately going to be. And that high end talent that they need, that's to be to play above him. Like that's right, exactly. exactly what exactly, this team yes. needs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They they, they have two I put in my article that with Travis Konechny, they have two possible passive action Path action number one is get more good players so he can play where he should in the lineup or trade him to get one of those really good players. Like those are your two options because continuing to play him in a first line, you have the most points on the team role. That's just not him. He's just not that good. He's still good. He's a good player. He's not that good. And continuing to use him in that role, basically, it, it makes it a certainty your team's not going to be that good because Travis Konechny isn't a top two forward on a good team. He's top two forward on a bad team, which is what the Flyers are.
1: <laughs> He's top two forward on a bad team. Fucking, Yay. They are so fucked. Like, <laughs> they need. No, like, just the, the way you laid that out. They have two, there are two paths. Get the high-end players to play above him or trade him for one of those high-end players. How do they get those high-end players without trading him? And then who is in that role that he, need, that he can actually fill if they trade him for those yep. high-end players? Yeah. Yep. They are so fucked! <laughs> yeah.
0: Why do you think I've gone full lead Arby's with this team, though?
1: Uh, <laughs> like, they can't. This plan is just lip service. They can't believe that this is going to work, can they? No, I think they do. I, think they, I really
3: think they do. You have to remember that these are people at the highest level of professional sports. The mm. egos are off the charts. They all think they're the greatest at their job ever, particularly probably Bob Clark and Paul
0: Holmgren. So, <laughs> we don't need to keep harping on Bob Clark and Paul Holmgren. Well, Chuck well, Fletcher, I'm, I'm sure, has an ego as well.
3: Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm including him in this group of people who think that they are so good at their job that they could absolutely turn a turd into a diamond in just one off season because they're that good. So I I think they definitely believe that they could
0: do it. In fairness, that that is like the one thing that keeps me from saying with certainty that like the flyers won't get a Barry Trotz or a Bruce Cassidy because coaches have egos too. And there is something to be said about like, you know, if you're the guy who turned around the Flyers, Mm -hmm. like they're a prestigious organization, but they're in a real bad place right now. And if you turn them around, like man, people are gonna think you're a friggin genius. So there is that. That's why I'm not completely ruling it. I don't think it's going to happen, but, like, that is the selling point. And when when that's your big selling point, where your big selling point is, we're so fucked that if you come in and fix us, you'll be a goddamn hero. That's when you know things are real bad.
1: I love that the best case scenario for the Flyers is, yeah, no one's saying these guys are fucking Mensa candidates. <laughs> that's the sell here. Uh, Ivan Provorov, um, you know, I am under 50% that he's back. That's uh I I I hate to sell low on the guy. I think ultimately he's better than he played this year, but man I I don't see it. Like I just don't see how you sell him coming. He did not seem like a guy who thought like he was coming back. You know, no, I, I disagree with that. I, I think okay. he was
0: just ticked off at the media and ticked off at the discourse. I don't think that was a, like, I'm going to force my way out of town thing. N-
1: not force, just like, I don't give a fuck anymore because I ain't going to be here. I just
0: think he doesn't like the media. I, I really right. think that's that's honestly what it would And he probably, I mean, I, this isn't me reporting something, but he probably had, like, a somewhat contentious, you know, back and forth in his exit interview internally and was already probably kind of in a shit mood. Like, that happens, you know. Yeah, no, I so i, I bet
1: I, that's what happened yeah
0: and then he came out and was in a shit mood and kind of lashed out at the media and like whatever like we can take it I'm not, I'm not like whining about it um the thing with Provorov and i've said this on the show is that you know the, the the tension in the locker room with him is real and i'm not saying it can't be overcome i'm just saying that he's not exactly mr popularity in that room and the problem with that which is why he might end up sticking around is that like that's not a secret.
1: Everybody knows around it, the league,
0: yeah. like other teams, know. And I'm not saying that, like, like, look, I'm sure that they have quietly discussed with other teams the possibility of moving Ivan Provorov. But I don't think teams are like lowballing them. But I don't think that they like. Ivan Provorov, in a n- normal world would be exactly the kind of guy that teams would overpay for because he takes on all the minutes. He never gets hurt. He's first pair defense. I mean, look at frigging Rastristalina. Like, yeah, he doesn't hit like line, but like so much of the mystique of Rastristalina is like, man, he's a first pair defenseman who can take all the minutes, tough minutes, tough minutes. It's like, yeah, but how does he do in them? But like those, why are, the are kind- they tough
1: minutes? Is those are the kind of guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like, those are the kind of guys that GMs go crazy over. Look at Seth Jones. Same yep. deal. Well, yep. so-
1: Jones got 10 million bucks.
0: Because I think teams around the league know that the pro-over-off situation has gotten a little contentious. They're not willing to make those kind of offers. Like they're not going to they're not going to like offer a second round pick. Like they know that's ridiculous, but they're not going to be like, you know, making the big crazy offers. And maybe that changes, you know, going into the active part of the offseason because everybody's lowballing each other now. Like sure. why not? You maybe you can get a you can get a bargain. But I'm just saying that like they might end up keeping Provorov not because they're super wedded to him but because they just like no one offers anything that catches their eye enough to actually do it and they do still like him as a player like they still think there there's an organizational belief and it's not wrong there's an organizational belief that they've put him in a really bad spot the last 2 years and it's yeah. true they have I mean Two years ago, he basically had to play with Phil Myers, who was a disaster, and then Justin Braun, who was Justin Braun. And then last year, he had to play with Justin Braun. And there is an acknowledgement within the organization that, like, that really wasn't fair to Ivan Profrost. That That Mm. he deserved more help, and they failed to get him more help. And there is a feeling that, like, if they can get back Ryan Ellis, which, again, question mark, but it could happen, then... Maybe this Provorov issue resolves itself because he has help and he starts playing well again, he gets confidence, and then everybody doesn't hate him as much because, yo, he's playing well. Steph, you have thoughts?
2: I don't give a fuck about what is fair to Ivan Provorov. I truly don't because look at the last 15 years of this team. You know what wasn't fair? What they did to Claude Giroux. I care a lot more about what they did to Claude Giroux than what they're doing to Ivan Provorov. And also, if they trade him, who, who who's gonna play defense? Like who's yeah, gonna right. play defense on this team? What that's who's the problem. One... With him here? yeah, well, I, I mean, that's <laughs> Rasmus enough. Ristolainen and well, what Travis? Sanheim? I mean, what
0: you do is you bump Sandheim up to up to first first pair, and you see if he can do it. York is your second pair defenseman, I guess. Risto, you know, I don't know. Maybe you know, Risto's still around. You hope Ellis comes back um you sign like a good third pair defenseman like you can make it work it just a lot of it depends on how much you trust travis sanheim to to thrive in bet in tougher minutes and that would be a lot easier if he's got ryan ellis next to him um yeah i mean it's tough the one the one idea that is fascinating to me i don't like uh, so i there there's an article i'm working on with um with murat from the winnipeg section great writer um there is legitimate talk that Mark Shifley could get, I would be fascinated mm. if they could do a one for one, because that Ooh. would be real, real spicy. That is spicy. You don't get enough. The trade is one for one anymore. You no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> and no, like th- that would be a spicy, spicy meatball.
1: Hmm. It yeah. would be. I like it. Like I- I- I'm with you, Steph. I don't. Like I'm not looking to make excuses for Ivan Provorov. Like. A, a true first pair defenseman makes yeah. his teammate better yeah but just
2: play better bro yeah, but like better,
1: the bro. type the type of that player that, that's that got to be the title of this show the type of just
2: play better bro the type
1: of player that Provorov has success next to is a good puck moving defenseman um Justin Braun and Phil Myers treat the puck like a hand grenade <laughs> So, like, that was... I love Braun. I think Braun has a... (laughs) I think Braun has a... Like, still, a spot in this league and a good defenseman and a good team could use him as a team currently in the Eastern Conference Final, tied 2-2 with the fucking defending champs, is doing right now. Um, But first pair next to a guy who needs a puck mover, that ain't his spot. (laughs) Like, you can't be doing that. So, like it's not that I care that it's unfair to Provorov, but it's just like Provorov might not be a number one defenseman. Uh, he's clearly not at this point, Yeah. but you're not going to get what you need out of him next to Justin fucking Braun. Uh, I still think like the best possible dynamic is Provorov Sandheim, and you get another number one pairing defenseman, but they need so many things. I don't know where you get another number one pairing defenseman. And even if they get him, I, Ryan Ellis still could fall off the face of the planet, and yeah. we're right back
0: where we started. And Perovarov-Sanheim has never clicked, really, from a chemistry standpoint either. Make it, it, it work. It, it seems like it should, but it hasn't.
1: Hold is, them uh, at gunpoint and tell them make it work.
0: Bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for him.
3: What's his? What's his dick? The uh, the defenseman in the draft. Nemich. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he? Nemich. Yeah.
1: Like if we're
3: if he fall... having ourselves a show, aren't? We? <laughs> if he falls to five and they take him. Is it possible that he could be in the NHL next year no. or is that he too far away? I've I don't heard think so. A year yeah, right. I, th- oh, okay. I, think,
0: I think all the guys realistically who they're looking at at six or five, I mean, they at um, least need a year. They would at least need a year, I
1: think.
3: Okay. Fuck it. Bring him up. Yeah, see what happens. Why not? Yeah. You played
1: Nolan Patrick What's right the worst That That body didn't work. <laughs> 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 all right let's uh, let's he actually
2: find the first season i will forever be a nolan patrick apologist and i don't know what to do about I it know. just stop I, doing is... it um i just can't
1: he was great in the i shootout. can't he was tremendous in the shootout you, you'll never be able to take that away from him um, he
0: was a very kind and respectful person I, I, even...
1: <laughs> I, that I
0: can't even i would can't never, even finish that, that
2: one's not true that's at all. what you say when like that's the tweet when you need people to know that you've been.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Um, right. Let's yeah, like, let's let like let's leave. my
2: tweet the other day. When I said that I'm rooting for the Rangers to win, people were very concerned that I had been abducted. Yeah, that's
0: fair. Um, let's leave I the other two to, to next week. I, or right, to the yeah. next time we have a show.
1: Cause I have a, I have a question I want to ask about Limblom, but I know it's going to lead to a lot uh, real quick with the playoffs. The Rangers, you think, you think they're cooked? I don't I think, think they're cooked. Like, I don't know if
3: they're cooked, but I think that the the like the lightning winning the last two games makes me think that it's over for them. I don't and know, man. They
0: they're go back home. You know, they get the they get two out of the out of the final three games at home. If if there are three games necessary, and they got the best goalie in the world. Like, I know, but small it samples feels, are a good time to have the best goalie in the world.
3: It feels like Tampa. I feel like a John Cooper has figured something out because they seem to be just playing better against the way the Rangers play. And also, I feel like they've just activated. Like, they have the kind of players that are just like, okay, enough fucking around. We're just going to go ahead and do this now. And I feel like that's kind of what happened over the last couple of games. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be fun if it goes seven.
0: To, quote, sure, did, to but... quote John Hamm from the town, this is the not fucking around crew. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh,
1: did anyone see the Sealski article about how like, the Flyers could have been the Rangers if a I few mean, no, things they couldn't went the other have. way. I'm so
3: fucking tired of people saying that. No, they couldn't have. Yeah. Unless they moved to New York City. The fact of the matter is, yeah. there were two fucking all-star players. Legit
1: superstars. Yeah. That
3: only wanted to play in New York City. It had nothing even to do with the Rangers. They wanted to be in New York City. That's the end of it. I mean, you could complain that Philadelphia is not New York City, but it's fucking not New York City. It's never going to yeah.
0: be. And Jacob, like, Truba, to... Jacob Truba basically chose New York, too. Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. It's a, it, and he it's
0: just elbows everybody in the head. Hey, I, you know fire. what? I, I like Jacob Truba. That, that might be my toxic trait.
1: I like Jacob Truba. I, I'm fine Please? with it. I'd kill for Jacob Truba. You I got me? a lot
3: of I got a lot of thoughts about playoff Jacob Truba, and it's too much for the rest of this show. Get
1: that fucking head up, bro. No.
0: Yeah, how
2: much longer are we doing this? Because I have a question I go. too. Go ahead. Okay, then we're done here.
0: Bell Bell, no, no. Now you got to ask Bell the question now.
3: Twenty hours a day now. Can we just let? Oh, I was go just
2: going to gonna ask if Johnny Hockey, if there have been any updates on his contract situation. Just that the no.
0: Flames really, really want him back, and they're not, not, not having agreed. They haven't agreed to a contract yet. So
1: nobody, nobody goes this far to not hit the open market, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stamp. Right. Like, this did. is John
2: Tavares, right? Stam, this is Stamko's a sign, John right? Tavares, and he's coming home.
3: I mean, I don't know why he would. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. why wouldn't
2: he? Once again.
0: Delaware would...
3: Valley is so pretty. Once unless again, it's because he wore scenic, Flyers pajamas.
0: Scenic Delco.
1: Nobody, <laughs> nobody is saying these guys are Mensa candidates. That's the selling point. That's, That's everything. True. Everything that the Flyers have is. These guys ain't that bright. Maybe they'll they're all, all just pick the flyers. Dumb. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: they. You know, Johnny Goudreau misses the taste and the smell of school water. He needs to come home. Uh, who doesn't? Who oh, doesn't? my
0: God. All right. All well, right. Hopefully, hopefully this won't be our last show for a while, but it could be yeah. our last show for a while. So come if, on, we have, Bim. if we have to miss a couple weeks, have a great summer to all of our listeners. Uh, have a great June, however long that goes, but we will be sticking with Steph as long as this potential strike goes.
2: Thank you, my loves. Yes, yeah, solidarity. Let's get let's get some fair contracts for people who are making, you know, forty thousand dollars to work eighty eighty hours a week covering The Supreme Court covering gun violence in America, covering restaurant openings. Like, this is across all of Vox Media, not just SB Nation. So, it's a big deal.
1: None of those things compare to what you've been through talking about the Flyers, Steph.
2: You know, I (laughs) I didn't want to compare it, but you're right. Like, (laughs) I don't compare. They don't
1: compare. Yours is tougher. They
2: don't. I have to sit here in purgatory every night of every day of every month of every year watching this team talking about this team these idiots
1: really this whole strike is for me charlie remember before the show when i said we won't go an hour 10 and now we're at an hour and 10?
0: i said we absolutely will
1: <laughs> and that is all the time we have for you on bsh radio this week thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already hit that subscribe button just search broad street hockey wherever there are podcasts and boom, There'll probably be some content uh, coming up again in the near future, we hope. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, we'll be back eventually, one way or another. Steph has one more thing.
2: Real quick, as long as we're not still on strike, which I would be absolutely astounded if we are, we will have a draft party.
1: All right, there will be a draft party, Steph says, and she told us before the show she's coming up for it. So meet Steph Driver. That's the selling point for our uh, for our draft party (laughs) is is that a selling point something all right uh yeah hit subscribe all that stuff for charlie for kelly for steph my name's bill mats have a great week everybody are you ready to talk about sports
2: yeah